0: Merry Christmas. How's everybody doing? Are you glad to be alive? It's good to be back at the best church in all of England and the UK. Amen. It's good to see Pastor Colin a few moments ago, Pastor Bruce and the team. And I miss KT. I miss you. So it's good to be back with you. And and I'm in England until June the 2nd. So hopefully it'll warm up while I'm here. Because I decided to dress like this because I was tired of sweating in suits when I came to KT so um, welcome. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for a good night and a good afternoon. We love you with all of our hearts. There's no other God before us but you. We put our trust, our dependency, and we put our life in your hands. And we say we'll obey and we'll do whatever you ask us to do without shame or compromise. Bless the service today. Bless them that are here and them that are Watching someplace right now, we pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Open your Bibles to the Book of Matthew. We'll start in a in a moment. It's good to be back. I've been traveling for the month of uh, this month of May. I was in Jerusalem uh, for about a week with God TV. How many know I got a God TV show on now? It's on Sunday mornings at nine thirty, but you can watch me later on on demand. So you go to church, and um, so we're doing that, and so we were out with God TV in Israel. And it was nice to be out there and catch up with them. And then they flew me to Plymouth. i would never been to Plymouth before. It's quite nice down there. The sun came out and my founding fathers left from those steps. So I had a euphoric feeling for a moment. And uh, so then we were over in Wales and then we were this morning in Kent and now we're here. So I like working for Jesus. Not humming for him, working for him. Amen. Some people want to hum. I want to plow. And I want a sword so I can work and I can fight. And good to see you, Frank. I'm glad you're doing better. Amen. You look good. God bless you. So I wrote six books since I saw you last. So I've been busy. See, I I don't sit on the Florida beach and just look at palm trees. Here's one called Haunted Houses, Ghosts, and Demons. What British people can do about them besides put them on television. You guys have the TV shows where they go to houses and try to find the demons Well, this is a good book on how to cast out the devil and be the devil's nightmare. It's a good demon book. So there's a book for somebody. Oh, you're waking up now. All right. I forget I'm in England now. When you give some away free, the crowd comes alive. And uh, this actually is a reprint of my How to Pray in Tongues and Not Be Afraid of It. Uh, It's a good teaching on speaking in tongues. And all those books are back there for somebody. And then, oh, we got an American football player here. So we'll, we'll, we'll send these to the back. Now, remember Pastor Oli Goldberg when he was here as the children's pastor? Well, we wrote 12 children's books together, and uh, it's called God's Journals for Kids. And so we're the age of 8 to 13, so we've got Evan Roberts, we've got Mrs. Edder, Marie Ruth Edder, we've got Wigglesworth, we've got Catherine Kuhlman, uh, all back there. And so we're going to have 12 volumes for kids to come out. So if you've got kids or grandkids, or you don't like to read, these books are for you. Amen? So. Where's me, an usher? You're going to be my usher. Come come here and take us to the back of the part of the building and throw it. And then, and then here, I'll throw it over here to these nice people. Catch a book. Good morning. All right. Uh, I can tell we've not thrown books in a while around here. And uh, praise Lord. Throw, don't keep it. Throw it. <laughs> Just throw it. Be American and throw the book. Just shoot Gabriel, you're going to have to help the poor guy. We command that spirit of intimidation to come out of him. All right. We'll throw another one back there later. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the Word now, and then we'll uh, have a wonderful time here for about an hour, and then we'll have another one at 7 o'clock. In uh, Matthew chapter 16, we're going to start here with verse 17, a verse that you're probably familiar with. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon bar for flesh and blood has not revealed this uh, unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, it's good to know who you are, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give them the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and watch over the church binds shall be bound, and whatever it looses shall be loosed. Now I want to address uh, this for a few moments this afternoon the importance of loving the local church. I was in this country less than five hours when I heard this statement. I don't like the local church. Now, I want to take that sacred cow and barbecue it. You can't be against what Jesus is for. You can't be against what Jesus is building or you're nuts Notice I didn't get one amen except from the pastors over here on the right side of the building. Because sometimes, I was to say, at this time, in both of our countries, there is, in my observation, an antichrist spirit working to undermine what Jesus declared is important to him and that he wants to build not just from people outside of the church, but he's found a way to get inside of the talk, the mindset, and the emotions of many Christians aware, ain't gonna thank the church. So I want to pick up my American shotgun and shoot this thing this afternoon with all of you here at the five o'clock teaching session. Is that okay? And whether it's not, here it comes. Number one, Jesus said in this verse, he said, I will build my church. And so this is something that Jesus has put time and attention and muscle and care into doing. He does not throw the church together by making it a a teepee or a little shanty. It is a church that God and his son is building. So it is something that we first need to realize it wasn't a man's idea that a few guys with a big hat in times past over a cup of tea decided to build this thing called the church. It did not come from a man's idea. It came from heaven. It was named by heaven. It is loved by heaven. It is valued by heaven. And heaven has chosen to work through the church in every single generation, including ours. Amen? And so we need to start making sure that the attitude of an anti-church, anti-Christ type of disposition is not in you or around you to any degree and be against what Jesus is for. Amen? I was so shocked that I rebuked the person talking to me. I said, how dare you say that when your own parent is a pastor? Oh. And they got real quiet, and I said, I think you need some deliverance from all the talk and all the stuff that the devil tries to say why the church is not important and irrelevant and not a strong part of God's answer for the world's problems today. The local church is still God's main project in the earth by which he builds and works through every plan for your life and for society and end time fulfillment. Amen. Amen. Let's read this verse again and say amen more because I like that. Thank you. No, I meant that. Okay. It said, upon this rock, and usually when we read this passage, we normally focus on that rock of Revelation. So I'm not going to do much teaching or preaching about that, except for say it's the revelatory power by which we operate and that we function with Christ and with the church. But he said, I will build my church. So this is a continual building that God does throughout time since the book of Acts when it began. The church was launched in Acts, and it'll be here to the end of time. The question is Will you be a part of what God is building, or will you desert what God is building, or allow an attitude that is not Christ like or loving to have come in your heart and be against it? And I would have to say, my countrymen and some here have allowed the struggles, the dispositions, and sometimes the negativities of happenings to create an attitude that the devil is using to get you not to see the value of being in what God is building today. The second thing that we have with this disposition is somehow people believe that they cannot fulfill their personal destiny while fulfilling their corporate destiny in the local church. And you can do both. Everybody say both. both. Say it like you mean it. Both. both. Now, isn't World Cup coming? And this country is going to erupt with loudness and rudeness. So please be loud today. Shock your head and tell your head, here's what you're going to believe. Thank you for the one amen from the man. That's a five-pound amen. We'll give it to you for church. He said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Will not prevail against it. You can fulfill your destiny that God has given and asked you to do for him and for society. At the same exact time, you can fulfill your corporate part of being in this church or the church that you may be from, wherever you may be from. It is a trick of the enemy to think, I can't do both. I'm too busy. No, you're not. You just have a cluttered life. Write that down. Cluttered life. Well, what do you mean cluttered life? Well, one people sometimes don't know how to end a season of their life. When something is over, that means you conclude the feelings, the activity, the responsible type of obligations you've been walking with and say, I am now done with that. And you conclude it and you let that go out of your life because it's time for it. It's the right thing to do. You're not removing yourself in the wrong way, it's time for you to end something. And you let go. And sometimes in that, you let go of that same type of interaction with the people you've been laboring with. You don't have to lose the friendship, but it changes. But what most of us do by mistake is we take all that we've done and all that we've run with, how we've run with into the new season, and pretty soon it's hard to do life, do family, do parenting, do job, do my destiny, do my church job. I'm exhausted. And the first thing the enemy says is, you can't do the thing in the church. The church is not, and it shows you all the problems of why you shouldn't be that much in love with what Jesus is in love with. And so you have to declutter your life. There are some people that have too much of a loud voice in your life. There's some people who need to go on with their life, and there's some people you need to invite in a very direct manner, go away, and get them out of your life. And it will be amazing how much time you have to be a wife and a husband and a mom and a dad and be able to do your job and your destiny and work as your part in the local church to help it stay strong and bring your supply to the thing that god is building and that the god loves amen and so i ask you when i finish here today and you have a holiday tomorrow take 15 minutes and think about how to declutter your life so that you can do all you need to do in the time that you're in and not throw out something that you're supposed to be a part of in your life the third thing about this verse here it said hell cannot prevail against the church There is a protection that comes by being a part of the local church that you don't get anyplace else. Now you are protected by the blood, amen. The Word can bring all these places we have protection, but there's also a protection that the Bible says with the local church. He says the authorities or the activities and the strategies of hell will not win over my church. As a church historian, there were a few times in history where you thought, I think the devil's winning. But the church won, and the church has survived for a few thousand years, and if the Lord tarries, it'll survive for another thousand years. Because no matter how bad it may look at some times as in history or at present moment in certain parts of the world, it will prevail because there is a divine command that hell will not conquer what God through Jesus is building. And I like to be a part of that protection. I like to be a part of that blessing. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 for another passage here this afternoon. You can all smile. There's no damnation coming in my sermon. It's just all preaching and teaching so you can relax. Am I talking too fast? Okay, you were looking at me kind of British and I didn't know if it was my accent or your ears. First, that was a joke. You're supposed to laugh then, okay? 1 Corinthians 12 verse 28. It's a verse made up of two incomplete lists. The first list only mentions three of the five-fold gifts that are mentioned in Ephesians 4, 11. And God sets some in the church, first apostles, second prophets, and thirdly teachers. Now, the next list starts like this. After that, or God sets in the church, after he mentions these three, this next list that I want to highlight for a few minutes. He said when God puts a church together, he says here, I put in the local church miracles uh, he didn't put them in a hospital even though they need them there but he put miracles in the local church and we of the church can carry that power to the hospital or to those who are in need but He said, I put in my church miracle working power to help get everybody victory, to help get corporate victory, to help get city victory, and national victory, and generational victory. Miracle power resides in us as an individual and in our corporate gatherings. Why does the devil hate it? When we all get together, something divinely happens in our unity, in our prayers, in our believing that no devil or horde of demons can stop and not even a bunch of mighty men in government can stop the government and the move of God's people. The problem is we don't quite believe that strong enough. That's why we're afraid when we should be singing or we should be a little bit bolder about matters. He said, I put miracle power in the church. Every church that God owns has miracle power in it. If the church you attend doesn't have miracles in it, then I'm not sure God owns it. God doesn't go to every church in my country and yours. He'd like to. But some churches don't like what God does when he attends church. He don't obey your order of service sometimes. He don't obey your clock either. He don't obey your little traditions. God's God. And if he owns, and is the author of the church that you're a part of, and he's building it, he may some Sunday morning, not just on Wednesday night or a cell group night, but right when all the rich visitors are there on the front row, have an old-fashioned what we call healing deliverance meeting so they can see it in action and maybe even get free themselves. But, Brother Roberts, rich people don't like that. Have you tried it out yet? If you're bound, I don't care what you are, you like freedom. If you're sick, you like to be healed. If you're confused, you like peace of mind. Miracle power is in the church that God builds. When man builds a church, we have a glass pulpit. I like them. I like comfortable chairs. I love air-conditioned, which England has not figured out yet. (laughs) I like all these natural things. But he didn't say have a chair. He didn't say have a glass pulpit. That's your choice. It's okay. If you're going to buy a chair, make sure it's real comfortable so you can sit for a while. When God builds a church, he puts miracle power right in the middle of it and not on a visitational mode a habitational mode. I think sometimes the great congregations of KT forget what's rested here habitationally for decades. And some of you don't really get to know about it until you're gone from it. And then all of a sudden, your value system kicks in, but sometimes it might have been a little too late. And you miss the blessing of your time at this beautiful church. Jesus says here in the book of Corinthians through Paul, when I build a church, I put gifts of healings in the church. Notice it has an S, gifts of healings. It's the only gift of the Spirit that's plural. What is the gifts of healing? The best way I've learned to define that gift is this way. For every disease known to man, and every disease not yet labeled or discovered or placed in a certain category that's afflicting people, there's a gift from God that cures you. There's a gift from God that helps you overcome it faster than natural people if you're afflicted by it. God puts in his church when he builds it gifts of healing, and he wants to leave it there all the time, not just visitationally. He wants these things to be there all the time, morning, noon, and night, Sundays and Mondays and Tuesdays and all during the week, and holidays too. Heaven doesn't have a bank holiday. It stays always open for the prayer of the faithful and the need that they may need from the throne of God. Aren't you glad God doesn't take a time out and go to some other part of the universe and take a break? Tomorrow you'll have a bank holiday and you deserve it. But aren't you glad the church and the power of God never has a bank holiday? It never gets tired. We may in the natural that care for the work of the ministry, but the spiritual dimensions of our churches that God owns stays potent and full and always ready to help anybody that will access it by faith. Can you say amen? Yeah. Everybody smile. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. He said, I put gifts of healings in the church. And then here's this little strange word next in verse 28. When God builds a church, he puts a helping spirit in the local church. Are you a helper or a hinderer? Then, Brother Irons, I have my own ministry. Rebellious. If all you think when you hear something like this, my ministry, my ministry, mine, 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 mine. If that's the way you think and you don't think, my ministry that God's given me and my part of the corporate job of the local church, then you're not balanced right. You're lopsided. You can do both if you let God declutter your life and be willing to have an adjustment so that you can do what he asks you to do personally and what you need to do as a member of this church or the church that you're from. Can you say amen? Amen. But, 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 no, 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 no. Don't give me that British look. You start trying to give me a list. Uh, mm -mm. But I don't see it. That's why I'm preaching, so you can see. I don't hear it. I believe in healing deaf people. So you can hear things right. Some people's egos are so big they can't hear God's corporate voice. And they end up one day being outside of the protection of the local church where the gates of hell will not prevail. And hell starts prevailing. And they wonder, why? It may be because you didn't stay connected in the way that you should in the church that God Gave you to be a member of. I'm 48 years old and I've not been a crusomatic. You know what a cruisematic is? Some of that cruises from church to church, from convention to convention, from church to church. I've been a member of about five churches in my life and I'm almost 50. I'm binding it, but it keeps coming. <laughs> I want to be 38 again. I bind 50. Go away from me. But it laughs at me and keeps coming straight toward me. If you have any advice, I'll take it. How to stop it. I was a member of a church from the age of five when I remembered until I was 15. I went to a church called Evangelistic Temple in Tulsa, Oklahoma from the age of five to 15. Our family was there more times than not. Back then, we went Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday, and when we had a revival meeting or a special meeting, we went to whether we wanted to or not. When I was a little kid, on Sunday nights at 6 o'clock, back then, Disney didn't have a channel. They only came on for an hour on Sunday nights, about the time we had to leave for church. And I'm still upset about it at 48. Everybody of my friends got to see Winnie the Pooh and all the things and all the movies and we could have washed them if we didn't have to go to church on Sunday nights. But we went to church. And I'm glad that my family built inside of me the love of the church, faithfulness to the church, even when others were relaxed. I used to say, well, my friends don't go to church on Sunday nights. She goes, I'm not their mother. <laughs> and sometimes you have to say, I don't care what others do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do what is right in my heart and write it with the scriptures I'm going to do, whether anybody else does or not. And let me tell you a secret. God watches that. Let me tell you a secret. God watches that. He watches what you do and God listens to what you say. You might want to be just a little bit more aware of those two facts. Even when nobody else is around, God is there. He's not trying to get you, but he is listening. He's listening mainly for words you can perform. Remember this, God's nice. He's not there to get you, but sometimes he hears things that's not pleasing. Sometimes he sees things that's not pleasing. Hopefully you'll change that. God sits in your house and sits next to you on the the bus or on the underground. And he watches you to see what he can bless. He listens for your words to see what you're believing or asking for. To see how can I bless him this week. And he listens to what you say and what you do. So I don't like that. You know why you don't like that? Because you don't want nobody to watch what you do or listen to what you're saying. Grandma used to say, if you don't like that, then change how you're living. Then it won't bother you because God has an all-seeing eye, an all-hearing ear. He's not out to find fault with you. He's trying to find places where he can perform what you're believing, hear what you're saying, watch what you're doing, and multiply the seed of your action back to you as a blessing in your life, in your family, in your business. You you, you might want to just take a a view of that today. But sometimes there's things that we say and we do that we need to stop doing. We need to be a little more careful, not fearful, careful. And sometimes we need to say, Father, I'm sorry, I've been wrong in this and help me to be better about it and and make a change. He likes you, but sometimes he can't do things he wants to do because You're not agreeing with chapter and verse and what God said He will perform for you. He puts a helping spirit in the church. My stepfather was my fifth-grade Sunday school teacher. I went to Sunday school, that's called the cell groups of today. That back yonder, way back then, many, 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 many moons ago, when Sunday school was the way the churches grew. We went to Sunday school. And we went to the evangelistic temple until I was 15 years old and the Pentecostal holiness ordained me at 13. But something happened in that church where all of a sudden they became a church of the don'ts and the church of the complaints. And for us to move churches was very difficult because we didn't move because we didn't like the sermon this week or we didn't like the guest speaker. When God plants you, only He can uproot you. And we changed churches for the first time in my life, and it was a big deal. Not because we were angry, but because it was time for us to make a change. And we went to Victory Christian Center, Pastor Billy Joe and Sharon Daughtery. In that church, I was a member until I built my own church in California. I was in that church until my ministry began. And I was still in that church after my ministry started. And when I went to that church and I wasn't preaching out someplace, I was an usher. An usher. Me, a guest speaker in the church, a conference speaker in the church. But it was my church. It was my home church. It was where I went and made friends, where I went and sat and was blessed by the pastor's anointing and put my money In their bucket. And one day the pastor said to to the congregation, we need more help here. And I thought, well, if I learn how to be an usher when I'm here and they need help, I could do it. It was one of those places I could be a blessing without my absence causing a problem because some things need people's consistency, but mine was inconsistent because I would be traveling some weekends and back some. So I went and, and talked to the The right-hand guy, I said, would this be okay? He goes, oh, sure, Robert, but do you really want to do that? I said, well, I'm a member. You ask. He said, okay. He said, well, just, you know, show up. I said, no, 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 I need to go to the class. He goes, Robert, you've been a member of this church since you were 15 years old. You need to go to class? I said, that's what you told me. Don't take special routes just because you're known. Don't take special leniency just because you could. I think it's healthy you do it like everybody else in that local church. So I went to the class and they all like, ah, what are you doing here? I said, I'm running to be an usher. They go, an usher? Roberts, I catch for you when you're preaching here. I said, "What I'm going to catch next to you. (laughs) They go, I want a picture of that. And so I did the whole class over a few weeks when I could, and I became an usher in my church. When I was there, I'd pass out envelopes, pass out the bucket. I'd do things that they needed help to do, and I liked it. Got to the other side of the room. I liked it. (laughs) I didn't feel it degraded me. I didn't feel that my personal ministry was bothered one bit by doing what I could in my corporate situation. Because I wanted a helping spirit, not a hindering one. So let me ask you again at this 5 o'clock teaching session, what kind of spirit do you have? A grumpy spirit? A happy spirit? A helping spirit? Or a hindering spirit? I don't know all of you. I know a few of you. Only you and maybe a few of your friends know for sure what you have. Maybe they'll tell you tonight after dinner. You have a happy spirit. God bless you. Well, you have a grumpy, hindering spirit. You might want to get rid of that. But Brother Lawrence, I was heard. Welcome to earth. <laughs> Welcome to earth. I can be heard every day of my life if I allow it. Somebody writes something mean to me by an email. I just choose not to read it. I can be hurt every day of my life with somebody's facial expression sometimes. I can be upset. I can be upset. I can be upset. But I choose just to be happy because that's how you win. To Brother Roberts, they did me dirty. Welcome to earth and get over it. No. Well, then you're going to be a problem all by yourself to yourself. And when things don't work right, don't call me. Check in with yourself. When God built a church, he puts a helping spirit in a church. Or you want to help out. But that's not my gift. He didn't say he gave you a, a gift. He gave you a helping spirit. Some of you have time and will, an attraction to some type of facet in the church. And you may have to spend time to learn how to do it right and effectively and how the culture of the church does it and cooperate with it. It's not good to be against what Jesus is for. It's not good to work against what Jesus is building. It's not good to have that disposition. When he builds a church, he puts a helping spirit in it. All right, let me say these last two words here. When God builds a church, he puts a government in it. How a church runs naturally, spiritually. Now, sometimes we use the word the culture of a church. Every church has a way it does things, and it's nice. Now, some do it a little bit different than others, but you got to find out how and why your church does it the way it does it, and And there's probably a good reason why they do it that way at that time. It may evolve. Maybe you're there to help it evolve. But I don't like the way you do it. Shut up and obey. Did you hear that? Did I say that too fast? I'll say it slowly. Shut up and (laughs) obey or flow with what's going on there. I learned too when I pastored 20 years in California, the thing that bugs you the most about your church is a thing you're supposed to help. Notice I got real quiet again. (laughs) The thing that bugs you the most is probably you're called to pray for it, to give to it maybe, maybe join that particular ministry of the church and help out. It's real easy to be a person in the stands and says, if I was him, I would do it this way. It's like a football, American football players. I'm sure it's true for European football. But American football, we have 300-pound men running after a bag of wind made out of pigskin called football. And when you're up there with the 80,000 fans and they're going, hey, oh, no, ah! I ask the question, What would you do if 12 300 pound men were running straight for you? Not to say good evening, but to push you on the ground and jump on top of you so that you can't move an inch. It's real easy to sit in the stands and go, I'd have done this. Well, get off your blessed assurance and go do it. And the same thing is true with the local church. It's real easy to sit. In the side stands and have an opinion, have sometimes a critical voice when you're not down doing it yourself. I'm just challenging this afternoon. I don't want us to be against what Jesus is building, I don't want us to be found on the opposite side of what Jesus loves. He loves you and he loves the church. Government means there's a spiritual government to it and there's a way that every church runs itself and natural government must have flexibility to it. So if the Lord wants to do something a little different on this Sunday or or this, this week, you can do that. I had a church, a couple thousand, people not as big as this one. And we had a, an order of service with the note that if, for some reason God anointed the worship a little extra, we, we just went with it for a while. It may be some Sundays, we just worship God for an hour and a half. That's okay, because next week I can teach them a message I had next week, if that's what the Lord wants, I'm prepared. But if for some reason that day the Lord wanted to do something a little different, your structure, your your government has to have some flexibility just so if he wants to do something outside of how you normally plan it, it's okay. It's his church. It won't fall apart. Your traditions may go, ah, that's okay. Step on them. Traditions, Jesus said, was the enemy of the life of the Spirit. And the force of faith in your heart. He said, I put it in the local church. The last thing in this verse, he says, and I give to the local church diversity of tongues. Now, Kittenden Temple, you're a great Pentecostal church in all of the world. You're one of the great churches in this great nation of the British Isles. Your founder was outstanding. All the pastors before Pastor Colin and Bruce and this team were good people too. You've inherited a beautiful succession of a growing church and growing faith and staying on the edge of what God is saying in every moment of time. And none of them was ever ashamed of speaking with other tongues, privately or publicly, publicly in a believer's meeting. And don't be so wonderful that you can't pray in unknown tongues out loud enough for that sound barrier to be broken. What you become ashamed of won't work for you. What you're ashamed of, you won't get the blessing for. Don't be ashamed of speaking with other tongues. Don't be ashamed of the government of God. Don't be ashamed of a helping spirit. Don't be ashamed of gifts of healings and miracles and the ministry gifts. Don't be ashamed. Now let me address this. Brother Roberts, churches have problems. Mm -hmm. I never noticed. (laughs) Like you have problems too. There are times when the winds of adversity blows against you. And blows against the church. When they blow, you don't go with it. You become a steadfast rock a faith and a pillar in the house of the Lord. You pray, you abide faithful, and you weather the storms that have come against you. Some storms are just the demonic powers trying to weaken or divide what God loves and is building. Sometimes it's just human emotions and human uh, conflict that has to be resolved with right conversation and right amount of time of working through things. Sometimes it's a combination. Sometimes a church makes a mistake like you do. And like God recovers you from your mistakes and makes everything turn out okay, he can do that for a church too. If you'll love what he loves And you'll be what you're supposed to be In the local church Right now, in my country and yours The Antichrist spirit Seems to be working a little overtime To make sure We all get a little "Mm," About the local church "Mm," About every little bitty thing Becomes a mountain And I want to challenge you to shake yourself this afternoon to make sure that if that's on you, it takes about 30 seconds to get rid of it in Jesus' name. Amen? And you say, well, well, no, 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 don't, don't even start the list of defending it. Get rid of that spirit so God can take care of whatever needs to be taken care of. Any place the evil world is present, it's always... A sad day when it wins. when people get moved out of where God planted them. People move away from where God anointed them. And they start listening to another voice they shouldn't be listening to. That's so when you've lost your salvation. That's not what I'm saying. It is sometimes some problems come because you're allowing that spirit of the moment to give you feelings, to give you attitudes, to give you words. And it's amazing how sometimes bad spirits help you make new friends with the same spirit. Good preaching, Brother Roberts. Amen. I'm, I'm just talking to you. Notice I'm not pointing at anybody, I'm just preaching. I'll preach a different message at seven o'clock. But I wanted to, to, to address that because I was in this country five hours just five hours, when I heard that, 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 that voice from a friend. And, and I, it, it bothered me enough to where I reacted to it. And it's bothered me enough to where I, I'm developing this message of awareness. Because I don't know if we're aware how we can so quickly get this face. Now I know you're Christian people, so you know how to put on the fake one. <laughs> but inside your, we want this and this to be the same from the right source. Amen. Amen. And so in this five o'clock session, I wanted to take a few moments after I preach this message, and we're gonna pray. I remember most of these kind of dispositions can be changed in 30 seconds. It's just I'm guilty. And I'm sorry. Help me, Jesus. And he comes that fast to help you. He's not your enemy. He may have to heal you from some wounds. He may have to give you some new friends. He may have to give you new pictures in your mind of the good stuff. Because it's human nature to always highlight the bad over the good. It's a born-again nature to see the good over the bad. And there's a spirit working strong in Europe, strong in the UK, and I hate to say it, strong in my own country, against the church. It's one thing when it's outside the church doors. It's another thing when it's inside all of us who are part of the great spiritual edifices called the church. Have you allowed your attitudes toward what Jesus is building to become real negative? Have you allowed a true wound, a hurt, a disappointment to become a stumbling block to your own faith? Have you allowed your friends to say things that you should not counteract, but now because you've heard it so much, it's kind of, become a a little bit of a growing seed in you. Here's how it works, my brother and sister. When you stop politely defending what Jesus is building by just saying a nice thing or walking away from a bad conversation, that's the first step where that anti-Christ and anti-church that Jesus is building starts to grow. I've been in conversations. I don't like the church. Sometimes some people need to talk for a moment. Now listen. But I make sure I affirm I love what Jesus loves. And I'm for what Jesus is for. And I'm going to help do what I can to be a part of the building of what Jesus is building in the earth today. But Brother Rummage, my church is boring. That's why you need to sing louder. (laughs) Clap a little bit more. Pray a little more fervent. Participate a little bit more when you can and where you can. Churches aren't perfect because you're involved. (laughs) And I'm involved. But let's not be against what Jesus loves. Let's not be against what Jesus is for. If we're going to have an accusation, let it be because you like church too much. Let it be because all you do and all your spare time is go to church. That'd be a great accusation besides all those other ones. Now, I know sometimes, especially in small churches, the few want, that want to work end up doing all the work and they get worn out. And sometimes churches are running a little bit too fast of the vision and not letting things evolve the right way. And they have difficulty. I recognize that. And they are going to have to learn like we all learn, how to balance the vision of God and the timing of the earth and all that together. But don't allow those things to create a mm, on the inside. I think maybe some of you have. but you can fix it in a moment. You can fix it. And say, Jesus, I want to be what you're for. I want to help build what you're building. Give me a grace. Fix my heart. Fix my mouth. And get rid of some of these goofy people in my life. Cause I don't know how to tell him to leave. Can you just move? <laughs> You'd be amazed what God can do for you if you just let him. So this afternoon, we're going to take a few minutes here and we're going to pray and we're going to ask the Lord to help us because we don't want that spirit out there to come into this church or any church you may be from, from you that are visiting, because wherever you belong is where you belong and you need to help them. And be a part of it and not be anti. Can you say amen? Amen. Did did you enjoy my little sermon? Amen. All right. Stand up on your feet. Hallelujah. You can stand up for Jesus. There we go. We're gonna pray together. We got about five or ten minutes here before we close. See, I'm doing good now, Pastor Bruce. It's not past 6:30. It's a miracle. I believe in them. Hallelujah. We're gonna pray, all right. And then at 7 o'clock, we'll have a different message and prayer lines and things. Let's just bow our heads for a little bit of privacy in a room like this. It's hard to create a privacy in a public room. And that's why we bow our heads in reverence and close our eyes to create a privacy moment in our heart. I'm not asking for anybody to make any public displays of anything. It's just a moment in a corporate gathering where you and Jesus can talk for a few moments. Holy Spirit, I ask that you come today over these beautiful people. Kensington people, Kensington Temple people and team are some of the hardest working people I know in ministry. and they work in a city that's not always easy to do what you've asked them to do. And Father, we recognize that there has always been an antichrist spirit, anti-anointing, anti-. The love of what God loves. And we don't want any of that on us or in us personally or corporately. So this afternoon, we ask that you come and visit our hearts, and visit our thinking, and visit our inner person, and show us where we may need to close a door. Show us where we need to make an adjustment. And we also ask for the strength to do that. Sometimes, Father, as much as we're trying to do our best, we're weak or we're overwhelmed at the moment. And we ask for help. Just where you're standing, you that may be watching, in your heart, ask the Lord for help. Ask the Lord for that touch this afternoon. Even if you're visiting here today, ask the Lord to touch you pertaining to your home church where you're from. We're glad you're visiting. I know we're a part of God's big universal church in the the world, but we want to make sure our local church stays strong. If we lose our local churches, we lose the roots of Christianity in our nations. We break the power of that antichrist spirit that has come with an anti-church anti-spirit to be against what god has been building and building today we say to it go from us leave us get out of our house get out of our dwelling places get out of our social life And let a refreshing come our new alignment And let the love that God has for the church Begin to bubble up inside of us Let us see the good over the challenges and over the mistakes Let us see the beauty of God in the corporate family and father we ask that you help every one of us to be able to do what you've asked us to do personally and help us at the same time to do what you've asked and need us to do corporately in our church gathering. Help us to put those two together. Help us to declutter some of our lives so that we can have our lives, have our families, our jobs, our holidays, and our private ministry and our corporate ministry together. Give grace give anointing, give lift to people. I pray that the Lord blesses you. The Lord helps you. And Holy Spirit, let them know that you understand exactly where they are. And you're not angry. You're your helper and the comforter and the empower. And we just say to the devil, you're going to lose. We're not going to give in to that type of attitude and disposition. We found you, we caught you, we kick you out. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Give God a good shout if you would. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. Amen. Do do you feel a little better? You feel a little better? And put your arms around you like this and squeeze real tight. Now that's a hug from Roberts. Some of you're gonna to have to leave, and I won't see you until next time. But it's good to see you again, and let's make sure this Antichrist spirit's under our feet and not above our heads. Amen. Pastor Bruce, love you. See you later. God bless.